Good morning, everyone. Good to see so many of you here today and uh, to be gathered in God's house of worship. And uh, I ask you to keep a prayer in your heart today for all that would take place, that it would be, as we said as in, my, my, in our brother's opening prayer, that it would be seasoned by the Holy Spirit. We look for that um, diligently, and we seek that diligently, because without it, we are truly nothing. And today, um, the, the thoughts that I had and the message I had, if, if I was going to put a title to it, I would call it um, Word of the Day. So, Word of the Day is, is the thought that was coming forth, and um, by way of a little bit of background, I guess, um, if you know me at all, you know that I love words. I just think words are the most interesting, fascinating thing that there is. They, words have a history, they have a meaning, their meaning changes over time. Um, the English language, um, you can trace the words back to on the German side, or the French side, or the Latin side, or the Greek side. There's all these, these um, sources of these words, and it even helps you to understand other languages when you, when you understand what our words mean or where they came from. Um, but I'm not here really to talk about words today because there's something much more important than our words, other than to say that words are very powerful. Um, as as uh, I know my wife's been taking some classes and some learning about words that you teach, words that you say to children, how strong and how powerful they are and how important they are that they be right. So even, even our words, uh, you might say man's words or human words, are powerful and important. But something way, way more powerful and more amazing is God's word. Um, and it's a whole, it takes the word, it takes the concept of words to a whole different level when it's God's word. When we read the word of God, which is the Bible and the Book of Mormon, when we read those, those uh, words, we understand um, in, in the beginning that God spoke the heaven and the earth into, into existence. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea about how powerful God's word is. And um, this morning, I have a couple of scriptures here to read, and not, not a whole lot, but um, because it's God's word, it's, it's again, it's powerful. And just to, just to uh, another, a little bit of a quick illustration, but just to tell you how amazing God's word is, it doesn't have to be this elaborate, like elevated vocabulary. I mean, there's lots, that, you know, there's lots of words in the English language. I, I couldn't even tell you the number, but it's got to be, you know, approaching the hundred, it's in the hundreds of thousands anyways. I don't know if it's a million or not. But here's a phrase that's filled with meaning, eternal meaning, and it's only, it's only made up of like eight different words. Um, some of them are repeated, but it, in, the, in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, the first verse, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, like I said, that's a total of 17 words, and there's really only eight of them, some of them are repeated. But the concept, of the word was there from the beginning, and the word was with God from the beginning, and it says, and the word was God. So that just, that just tells you a little bit about the power of God's word today. And they're simple, they're simple words. They're, other than the word beginning in that phrase, there's only, they all have one syllable. They're very simple words. But again, there's so much power 
in the Word of God, and it's eternal. It's not just like for today. Like today I could say to somebody, oh, I'm going to go to the store or whatever. Just like I'm saying this is me, this is what's happening to me. Um, you know, you read somebody's post on Facebook, this is what happened to me, this is what I'm doing. This is, the, wor the Word of God is so much, much, like I said before, at, a, at an incredibly higher level than that. So I'm going to read a few verses here found in the Book of Mormon in 3 Nephi. And the interesting thing about these words, in, uh, in the Book of Mormon that we've printed in our church, we've done like a red letter edition, so we have the words of Christ in red. But Jesus is speaking in 3 Nephi here in the 22nd chapter. Jesus is speaking from um, Isaiah. He's quoting, he's quoting something that Isaiah wrote in Jerusalem or in the, in the times of the Old Testament uh, many hundreds of years before this, probably at least 600 or more years before he's, he's quoting it. So, you know, we can, read the, we can read the scriptures, and this is an important point. We can read the Bible, we can read the Book of Mormon, and we can say, well, that's, that's um, the Lord, and, or that's this prophet, or that's this person. And if you go into the context of the history, um, this is who he was talking to at that time, and this is why he was talking to them at, at that time. So this morning, when I read this, um, Jesus Christ on this earth, quoting from Isaiah, so the question is, is, G is this Isaiah talking to the people of Israel? Is this Jesus talking to the people on this land? Or, and this is, this is a, another choice you could take, is this the Lord in his word talking to me? And the answer is D, all of the above, I guess you'd have to say, because the Lord, when the Lord speaks his word, it, it's, it's for all time and all people, and it applies. And that's why this morning when I'm going to read to us, you can listen to it and you can say, oh, that was for those people. And even today, you know, a lot of times we can, um, if, we're, if we're not hearing it, this is another thing that the Lord Jesus said many times in his ministry. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And what he's not, he's not looking at a bunch of people that don't have ears or a bunch of people that don't have the ability to hear. But he's saying, if you, have, if you have the ability to open your heart and your mind to listen to what I have to say, that's, you're going to get the message. Some, you can hear an amazing sermon, and I've actually, I've actually experienced this after an amazing, stirring sermon. I've actually seen a person say, well, that's good. I hope they heard that message. You know, there's... And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, I heard it. It was, a, it was a, a moving message to me. And I hope the person, to the person who said it, I'm thinking, I hope you heard it too because it was as much for you as it was for me or they, whoever they are. But um, that's, that's the idea of who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Lord's got all this amazing, you know, spiritual food and, and information and wisdom for us if we have the ears to hear it. So this morning, as I'm going to read in chapter 22 of 3 Nephi, a few verses, and you can say this is for Israel, you can say this is for the, re the remnant of Israel on this land. This morning, I want you to listen to it, and I hope it's for you too. I hope that these words apply to you, wherever you're at in your life. I hope that there's some need and some... Um, hunger and thirst for what the Lord has to say here because as I read these words they were encouraging to me and they were uplifting to me 
And I hope and pray that just these maybe 10 or so verses I read today will be uplifting to you and be encouraging to you because that's what the Word of God is for. It, yes, you could say it's a history. Yes, you could say it's a chronology of things, but it's God speaking to us today, and that's what I want to uh, convey. So here it says, and I'm going to begin in the 8th verse of chapter 22 of 3 Nephi. Here it says, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my people be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires. And I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together against thee, not by me, whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord." And so the reason I read that today is that last phrase. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And today you can say, oh, he's quoting from Isaiah. That's for, that's for the people in Jerusalem. This is the promise of the Messiah. Well, maybe it is, but it's for us today too. Or you could say, well, this is Jesus on this land talking to uh, the remnant of Joseph and telling them that the day is going to come, that there's going to be this, this um, wonderful resolution to the oppression that they feel. And, and maybe that's the case too. But it's, it's about God's covenant people today. And today, brothers and sisters, those of us who have made that covenant, those of us who've gone to the waters of baptism are God's covenant people. And so all of these promises of turning around the oppression or, or of, of, of the silence ending and God's grace and his mercy and his smile upon us coming, all these promises are real for us today. So as we read in the Word of God, again, as we're reading it, um, we might be studying it, we might be trying to do some research on it, but it just opening the book and reading it and saying, Lord, speak to my soul today. Fill me. Lord, I'm empty today. I'm, I'm needy today. And the Lord, I want you to know, brothers and sisters and friends, I hope and pray that even these few words that I read for you today are just a sample of what you can enjoy and I can enjoy daily just by opening the pages of these books. And the Lord's word is, it's powerful. And I can't even, I, I probably said that like 16 times already, but I can't even 
convey to you the difference between God's word in our life versus just words. Words turn on the news, turn on the TV, read your, comp- your phone, read what's on your phone. Those are all words too. Newspaper comes out every day. At the end of the day, you put it in the recycling, right? It's, it's there and it's gone. This is eternal. And the words that I read this morning are eternal. These promises are for sure and they will come to pass. Every word, not a single word spoken out of the mouth of God will return to him void, it says. Another place in Isaiah, not, not here in the Book of Mormon, but another place in Isaiah, the Lord says that his words come down like water and they water the earth and things grow from it. And the, the earth is nourished by the, the word of God. And then the water, it actually ex- explains the water cycle. The water evaporates, it goes back up to the Lord. But having gone down to the earth and coming back up, it bore fruit. It brought about some change. It brought, it added value, you might say, to the earth by coming down. And it goes back up to the, up to the Lord. Not void, but bearing fruit. So this morning, again, brothers and sisters and friends, I hope that you understand the power in the Word of God and that these few, very, very few words that I read to you this morning are somewhat of, a, of an uplift and encouragement to you to know that the Lord has, yes, great promises for Israel, even for the remnant of Israel on this land. And we're part of, part of who we are as a church and our commission is to be involved in this work. So, yes, we are going to be partakers of the blessings that the Lord has promised to Israel as well. So may God bless you with those thoughts this morning, and I leave some time for my brothers, perhaps, or however the Spirit may guide us. May God bless you today. Thoughts that I had as our brother was speaking, and uh, it's amazing uh, that Anthony, the word of the day, right? What is the word of the day? If I was to ask you, what's the word of the day? Wendy? What? John 1-1, one, one. okay, that's, that's scripture, that's good word of the day. How about for you, Linda, what's the word of the day in your life? Today, what's the word? Gratefulness. And if we went around the room, you get the, the gist of what I'm trying to do here. You have a word, right, that's, that's probably on your heart. It's pretty powerful. So guess what I did this week? Jameson's going to love me. Um, I happened to look up why I don't know why. Who knows? But I happened to look up the going rate that actors or actresses get paid for the words that they speak. Is that crazy? You know what the highest rate per word was in any movie history? What do you think? I'll give you a hint. It's one of my favorite movies, early 90s, I'll be back. The Terminator, right. Terminator 2, not the first one. He, he, he was just trying to get started, but in Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger got paid close to $165,000 a word. It's the most in movie history, right? He only spoke like 1,700 words in the whole two and a half hour movie. Is that amazing? He didn't talk much. He did good acting, but he didn't talk much. The question is this morning, what's the word of the Lord worth for you? What could we say like that beautiful uh, visa 
commercial, priceless. Can you put a price on what the word of God is in your life? Is it a hundred and fifty grand a word? You know what John says later on in that chapter? Of all the works of the Lord Jesus. Volumes of books, of words, couldn't contain all what he did in his three and a half year ministry. Is that powerful? The word of God. It speaks to us. I know there's, there's a few words that are going to be priceless in my life someday. I hope. Now I know. It's not that I hope. I know. And that is that when my course on earth is done, I've run the race, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, I hope to hear a few words from the Lord. Does anyone know what those words are? Say them nice and slow. Well done. How many of you want to hear those words? And what do you put a price on those words? Here's the price that are on those words. It's Calvary, brothers and sisters. Those words could never be uttered to us unless Jesus went to Calvary for you and I. Amen? That's what the word of God is worth. The word in John 1 is capitalized because it means Jesus was the word. That when God spoke through heaven and he seen the, through his foreknowledge the plight of man, sin was going to cover our lives, the scripture says that he ordained a lamb that was to be slain before the foundation of the world was even created. Jesus was appointed to be our Savior. And was ordained, predestined, if you will, that he would go to Calvary, dying for our sins, that we might hear these most powerful words that we can't even put a price per word on. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my rest. Oh, my, my. And for some recently that are have worshipped in our midst, they heard those words. Yes? Of the words that they preached and they taught and they lived, they got to hear them at the end. I, I don't know what joy filled their heart and their soul. What, what, it's, what bliss could accompany something so great? You know, the, script, uh, the, uh, the, the testimony of, um, of Oliver Cowdery, you know, for, for maybe some of you that don't know who that is, but Oliver Cowdery was a, a friend to Joseph Smith, and he was an instrument in also translating the Book of Mormon. Wonderful man. A man that had a lot of education and, and a lot of talents. And when he recalls the testimony, the, the words that are so beautifully written on the page, he's a wonderful writer. As a church, we have... Uh, a whole transcript of a bunch of letters that he gave to Brother Phelps. Brother Phelps happened to write, An Angel Came Down from the Mansions of Glory and so many other wonderful hymns that we sing. And he begins to describe in detail the bliss that he felt under the hands of the angel that restored the priesthood authority. Do you know, he was so gifted, Brother Cowdery, that when you read that, 
when the angel appeared, and he was as bright as the noonday sun. And they began to bow, and he said, no, 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 I'm your fellow servant. You don't bow to me. And he let them rise. You could actually go there. You, you, could, you could feel the, the joy and the bliss of, of what these men, these wonderful pioneers of the restoration, of what they felt as the priesthood was being restored. Words, brothers and sisters, that are penned with such spirit. They're just words on a page. But with the Spirit of the Lord, they touch our hearts. They're priceless to us. The words of life. You remember not too long ago, and she can't even be in our midst now, right? Sister Mary, it's Sister Sylvia. This beautiful message of the Word of God. And she got up unto the Spirit and said, Sing them over and over again to me. Wonderful words of life. More and more of their beauty I see. Wonderful words of life. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I, I hope that as you get older, now this doesn't mean age. I don't want you to think that for a moment. As you get older and mature more in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as you grow under perfection, that's what that word means, growing in Christ. By the way, we'll never be perfect. That's impossible. But we're going to grow in Christ, amen? Do you know more than when you left the water's edge? I hope so. And as we grow in Christ, we should by faith be able to see the glory of the Lord. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Here's some more beautiful words. Neither is that entered into the hearts of man the things that await and serve the Lord. Don't stop there, brothers and sisters. That's not for you. That's for those that are outside those doors that know not Jesus. The next verse says, but it is revealed unto us. Unto us who have the Spirit of the Lord, that have been blessed by the Spirit of God, to have eyes to see what we see. Oh, when the 70 came back, brothers and sisters, when they came back and the devils were subject to them, people were coming to Christ by the thousands. Don't think for a moment there was 120 just in the upper room. That's all the church was. Don't believe that. That's just who the leadership was. There were thousands that came to Christ in that day. And they came back. Lord, the devils are subject unto us. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. And you know, the Lord says, don't rejoice in that. But rejoice in this, that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and that you have been given the gift of salvation. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it's what motivates us it's what makes us go and keep going and, and endure to the end that someday we're going to see Jesus. <laughs> President Bush just passed away, 90-some years old. And his granddaughter, Jenna, says, Pap, beautiful, it was 19, uh, or excuse me, 2000, I think, 12. He was 88. It says, Pap, do you believe after you die you're going somewhere? I sure do, he said. I believe I'm going to heaven. Well, who's the first person you want to see? Well, he says, if grandma precedes me, I want to go see grandma. Well, she did. And we also have a little daughter that died of leukemia. Little Lydia, I want to see her. And I thought to myself, you know, he's not saying the real thing here. We want to see, I want to see all those people. I want to see my dad. 
who I love very much. But brothers and sisters, I want to see Jesus. You know, some faiths, some doctrines, they don't believe that we'll actually see God the Father. Because the scripture says, even in John, no man has seen God. Right? And Jesus was the express image of God. I got news for these people that believe that. I'm going to see the Father. I don't know about them. But God wouldn't reconcile me through Christ and not want to see me. Amen, brothers and sisters. Uh, if Jesus taught me I have a Father which is in heaven, and hallowed be his name, I'm going to see the Lord God someday. And I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be like Nephi and fall at his feet. And I'm going to kiss the Savior's feet and thank him for salvation. Uh, my brothers and sisters, remember I told you not too long ago, some people get worked up today and churches today, they water down the gospel. What does that mean, Brother Pete? We don't talk about blood too much. You ever notice that, AJ? They water the gospel down. Well, let me tell you what Hebrews teaches us again in the Word. That Jesus came into heaven with the, the blood-sprinkled articles that he brought. Everything was sprinkled in heaven with the blood of Christ Otherwise, we aren't able to get in, brothers and sisters. How could we ever enter a holy place without Jesus having making us worthy? And there'll be great singing up there. Read Hebrews 12. They'll be singing. There'll be innumerable numbers of angels there. We read it. King Benjamin says, we'll join the choirs above. We're going to be singing, who's worthy to open the seal? Who's worthy to make us? Saints of God around the throne, redeemed with white robes. Who's worthy? Christ is worthy. And we'll be singing night and day. And so, my brothers and sisters, these beautiful words that Anthony read in 3 Nephi, they're promises to us. There's a day coming, and it's not far from now, that the kingdom of God will be established upon the earth. That was, that was today. That's today. And there's a day coming when the stone that Daniel saw that was small was cut out of the mountain without hands. It rolled and began to gain momentum. That's the kingdom of God upon the face of the earth. The church of the Lamb of God. And it smote the image at the feet. And its dominion filled the whole earth, the scripture says. I believe that with all my heart that someday Mount Zion, Beulah Land, which Austin read about last week, stirred my soul. Beulah Land. But Beulah's not heaven, brothers and sisters. I want you to know that today. Beulah is a land that was married to Israel. The land of Canaan, the land of Jerusalem. It's married for us today. It's the land of Zion, brothers and sisters. A land of peace. A land where, in Mr. Bunyan's beautiful novel, it was sweet-smelling savor. Birds were singing all the time. Zephyrs were, the, were present. I can go on and on in this wonderful land. The saints of God that had resurrected were walking that land every once in a while visiting. Who's going to visit us in Zion, brothers and sisters? Who's going to visit us? Jesus the Savior will visit us. He'll come down and walk among the saints of God. The three Nephites will visit us in Zion. 
And all the redeemed of the Lord will live in a kingdom of peace. Oh, my brothers and sisters, this is how rich the word of God is. That someday, not long from now, God will remember his covenants to Israel and to the whole world. So may God bless you today. May God bless you. There's no price I could put on the words of the Lord, whether he spoke a few words or he gave a discourse like was said in the Book of Mormon that when he knelt down to pray, when he knelt down to pray, could the words that he uttered be written down? Could they be written? They couldn't be written. There weren't, what does that tell you? There weren't words in the language that they knew that would be fashioned enough to describe the beauty. He was speaking a heavenly tongue, my brothers and sisters. They couldn't write them down. Although they understood them. They understood them. One day, we'll speak that heavenly language, that pure language that came out of the Tower of Babel. And there will be no confusion among the children of men. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. May God bless you today is my prayer. some time now for you to praise the Lord. We ask that you would uh, be brief in your comments and make sure that what you have to say passes the praise test. And that is, after you're done and people say, what was that about? You can say, that's about praising the Lord. May God bless you. sermon this morning and I was um, had so many things going through my mind of um, 